Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of Circling the Bases, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, and doing his best Michael Jordan flu game impression, Mr. Christopher Crawford. Chris, how you feeling, bud? I'm still not close to 100%, but I just couldn't miss two weeks in a row. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, this is... Uh... This is my baby. This is our I'm baby. Pretty sure, is, I'm pretty sure we were going to retro. Uh, we could yes. be on the IL, but we could retro back like three weeks. Like you're yeah, fine. That's, come back sooner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> doing better. Appreciate uh, George filling in for me uh, mm-hmm. last week, especially it was pretty darn last minute. But uh, don't get bronchitis. What you really got to avoid um, having is not bronchitis so much as nieces. Because what nieces are are literally – I think niece is Latin for German infestation. Yeah. Like they well, are going that, and I don't God bless parents because like how you do that, how you live a life without just be sick constantly with these little I love them to death monsters yeah. running around with every possible carrying disease that they can have. Yeah. How you do it is uh, beyond me. Good for you, man. Good for all of them. I know yes. my sister is about to is about to pop out her second, and oh. uh, first one is just a little over two right now. So I'm about to get to that point where the two-year-old is uh, trip. He is now just starting to get into daycare. So I'm I've already informed them like get ready. Like yes. then, now it begins. Like now <laughs> you get your little petri dishes all getting together and being all cute and adorable, and then they all go home to their respective families after having like slobbered all over the same water bottle for a whole bunch of time. So the 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 sicknesses Perfect. will be coming <laughs> pretty rapidly there. But coming up on the show today, Chris and I will talk about everything still up for grabs across the final week of the season. That includes award races, playoff chases. Uh, talk about some early playoff odds, as well as we'll begin to preview a little bit of the postseason now that the playoff picture has become more clear. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer, like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, just go download it now. Mm-hmm. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, Major League Baseball, on the NASCAR circuit, and across the pond in the Premier League. There is also a hundred grand up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Chiefs and the Bucks in our Sunday Night 7 contest. No, there will be no Tom Brady relationship questions in the Sunday Night 7. So let's get to some of those, uh, some of the talk about final week. So obviously, let's reset here. We are basically a week out from the end of the regular season. Obviously, the season normally would end on a Sunday because of the lockout pushing into the start of the regular season. We are pushing back the end of the regular season. I believe the final day is next Wednesday. So a week after many people will be listening to this podcast. So about seven games left for most teams. Um, And a couple races are already decided. We know the central is already locked up for the guardians. Um, The West is locked up for the Astros and the NL West is locked up for the Dodgers. They are all clinched. The, Astros and Dodgers have already clinched a first round bye and the number one seed in their respective leagues. So we know the road to postseason glory this October is going to go through Houston and Los Angeles. Um, Both the Yankees, who are up seven and a half games entering Tuesday, and the Cardinals up six and a half games, they both look very likely to clinch their respective divisions. I believe Meanwhile, both can clinch tonight, right? I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think both have the opportunity to clinch tonight. I believe they both have the opportunity, yes. So okay. all but clinching it done there. So five of the six basically in the books. The National League East, however, is the big one still out mm-hmm. remaining, and that one is just sexy. We've Fun. got entering Tuesday, the Mets are up one game over the Braves, and which makes this sexier is we are basically starting. There, There is no advantage to either team here. The two teams face off against each other starting Friday in a three-game series, which is going to be phenomenal. The postseason starts on Friday, by my mind, because that series is essentially a play-in series to a certain extent. And I love the fact that they basically have a balanced schedule from now to the end of the year. They play five other games against opponents. Um, The Mets play two games against Miami and three against Washington. Atlanta plays two games against Washington and three games against Miami. So basically, this is a, a what, seven-game series with three of them against each other for who wins the National League East, and more importantly, who gets that first-round bye in the postseason, which obviously will go to the winner of the National League East. Right. Meanwhile, let's just quickly cap up on the wild card here. Toronto, Tampa, and Seattle look pretty, not firmly, but pretty strongly in the postseason there. Toronto leading for the number one spot. Um, they're three games up entering Tuesday. Uh, Seattle is a half game back from Tampa for the second spot. Meanwhile, Baltimore is three and a half games out of the wild card. On the National League side, we know Atlanta or the Mets, whoever loses the East, is going to take um, the number one spot in the wild card. San Diego up a game and a half on Philly. 
for the two seed and Milwaukee a game and a half back from the Phils as we enter the home stretch. So let's talk about the National League East first before we get anywhere else, because obviously that is just fascinating. Mm-hmm. And with we are now obviously looking into this year as the first year with the new playoff system, with a first round buy in play. And I know that obviously this is drawn up specifically to obviously get more teams into the postseason, to expand it out a little bit further, to get more postseason money, to keep teams more involved. But we're already seeing in year one, I think, a very fascinating conversation of how important this this is going to be for one of those two teams to win the National League East for, say, last year when they'd both make, they'd both make the postseason. They'd both have to play the same number of games. The only right. thing would be maybe who you'd want to face across the Uh, on the other side of the diamond, but this time it really is going to matter how much, you know, who ends up winning this thing will essentially get a full three, four days to decompress, which I think is huge after 162. It's massive. And it's especially, I think massive for the Mets because the ability to set a rotation, to get those days off Mm -hmm. and then to have Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer in whichever order you want to put them. I'd probably go Scherzer DeGrom at this point. Me too. That's massive. Like the ability to do that. And if, if you just had, hopefully the Braves, you know, you're hoping that the three game series where a bunch of their pitchers have to be used, so on and so forth. I mean, that is going to be a massive thing for the Mets. And I think that's a massive thing that they have coming up for this weekend series is they got Chris Bassett and then Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer closing yep. out this series. Now, Atlanta has Max Freed, Kyle Wright and Charlie Morton. That, that's not exactly a an easy stretch whatsoever, but like how fortuitous for them to have those three guys mm-hmm. uh, to have those two guys for the Mets line up. And then you'll have enough time off. Even if you didn't have it on, uh, if you do lose this series, you're still going to have Scherzer and DeGrom pitching at the top of the rotation for that first series. But if you can take two out of three here, that's going to be massive, massive, massive. And you know, it's it's funny. The the wild card three really hasn't created a, a bunch of drama. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess Philadelphia and Milwaukee are, is, is kind of close. It doesn't feel super close for whatever reason, partly because Milwaukee just hasn't played all that well. And I don't know. There's something still to me about 40% of teams in baseball making the postseason. But I will be honest with you. This series between the Mets and Braves is as excited of exciting of a regular season series as I can remember, to be honest with you. Yep. And that's how Manfred and the, and the, the major league baseball has really tried to set this up. You're right. We're not getting the, the maybe three, four teams competing potentially for the third wild card spot. Like I think obviously we might see in years in the future, but we are getting an opportunity to see how important that first round buy might be, especially with a, especially with a no reseeding in the postseason. means that right now, if I'm going to do the, if I'm doing the national league, what the Dodgers and the national league East winners gets a, get a buy, right. Dodgers would get the winner of the, wild card one and two yeah so they would yes. get right now it would be that the dodgers would play the winner of Braves slash mets versus padres right. and i you know this is something we've we talked about a little bit yeah. not receding is a massive mistake man mm-hmm. a massive massive mistake because it's literally rewarding the six seed over the five seed i mean it is so much easier of a path now I guess the the one thing you can say is that, you know, you've got maybe a little bit easier chance if you're the five seed of winning that first round than going up against a division winner. 
But look at baseball history. Wild card one is almost exclusively better than the third division winner. Almost exclusively. Like there's always been some sort of division winner that has been like an 84 or 85 win team and wild card because of how like loaded it's never been balanced with division stuff. It just never has. There's always been a couple of divisions that have been so much better. Look at the AL East last year when we had four 90 win teams. Think about how much that would stink if you're one of those teams and you have so much better of a record and you have to go play, um, you know, you win your series and then you have to go play. um, Instead of getting to go play at Cleveland, you have to go play um, the Astros instead. This just doesn't make sense to me. You're rewarding teams for being worse. We've got to fix this. And I think it will get fixed. I think this is just one of those things. And I think the balanced schedule is kind of like a step towards that, Mm -hmm. like realizing that we cannot have geography mean so much in baseball. We just can't. It's a silly thing. It made sense in the era where we were taking (laughs) choo-choo trains to games and not on these massive, beautiful 747 uh, planes where travel is. (laughs) It's not easy, but and you see there's a reason why home teams win more often than they lose. But you can't have that. The six seed cannot be more valuable than the five seed. That just doesn't make any sense. No, I agree. And I like all of these rules. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the new rule changes that will go into next year and other things like that. There's a tinkering process. There's a figure out how to make this work. What is in theory might not work in, you know, actuality. But um, I will say, I think the fact that I'm going to care so much about this Mets Brave series this weekend is very large in part to the rule changes there. And I think that's a good step in one direction. Now we just got to sure. tinker from there. I mean, how about I keep thinking of this? You, you um, the balance schedule is going to be such you, you say it's a slight step in the right direction. I think it's a huge step in Fair. the right direction to a certain extent. I look at the Orioles this entire year, the idea that the Orioles are entering Tuesday 80 and 73 when having to play 19 games against the Red Sox, Yankees, Tampa, and Toronto. Sure. If you put them in the Central, they might win the Central this year for how for how bad the Central has yeah. been. If you play 19 games against the rest of those teams, take any of the teams and sub them out, they might win it, which is astounding. Right. So yeah. the idea that we're getting to a balanced schedule might mean that Baltimore's of the world, that I – teams that I think could be good over the next few years, the Arizonas of the world, like those don't get bogged down by there's never a chance of them getting anywhere because their divisions are so top heavy loaded that other divisions out there, which are very mediocre, suddenly get a boost the entire year. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and, you know, like the, the Baltimore example is a perfect example. Like this team if they don't have to play so many games against that top half of that division, who knows how well they do. Like this is, again, I'm still frustrated by what Baltimore did at the trade deadline, but like they're there, maybe if they play a balanced schedule, they don't do what they do at the deadline. Maybe they look at uh, a, a more formidable or less formidable schedule and say, Hey, let's uh, keep the band together yeah. and see what we could do. Maybe that changes things because you know, that I get what Elias was looking at. Like, look at all of these teams ahead of us. Like, is there is there really a realistic shot? And honestly, it's it's a pretty unrealistic shot right now, mainly because Seattle has a tiebreaker with Baltimore. Yeah. Another thing I'm not a huge fan of. Did we talk about the fact that there are no more tiebreaking baseball games? Because I hate that. I think that's one of the best. Day 163 is one of my favorite Always. days of the year. 
Yeah. And taking that away, I understand it this year where you may not have a day 163. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we weren't a hundred percent sure like <laughs> yeah. with stuff going on that like we were even going to get to this point yeah. in the season. So I, I get that they were like, no, we, we really need to get this thing going. We will do tiebreakers. I hope are not tiebreakers or tiebreakers that are decided not through games, I should say. Right. Um, I really hope going forward we get that chance to have game 163 because I love it. It is one of my favorite days of the year, and it's now become Thursday's going to suck. That's going to be one of my least favorite days of the year because we're going to have to wait a day for all of those baseball games. I'm really hoping this is a one-time thing. We'll get there. We'll get there, Christopher. Don't worry about it. I hope it. Just so. I don't hope don't so. fret your pretty head over there. 21 years of waiting for postseason baseball, my friend. You have this. to understand I was how long about this that today. is. There is, a Mariner, there is a good, kind-hearted Mariner fan in the Pacific Northwest out there who is about to have like his first legal drink. Oh, and yeah. The Mariners have not been in the postseason. He he could go to the game on his 21st birthday and know full well that there was no, at no point in his lifetime has, there, has that I, been there. That's I just mean, it's it's hard to fathom that conversation. But like it's it was pretty. I was thinking about that earlier today when I yeah. was looking up all the standings and going through this. <laughs> 21 years, man. That is a a long, long time to wait. And my grandma's getting awfully excited. She um, should be. I'm looking she, forward to that. I'm excited only, for her. Yeah. The only thing is, is um, they kind of stink right now. And uh, so that's a little bit nerve wracking. They've won. They won three out of 10 in a road trip where they just played the Angels, Athletics and Royals. Yeah, they are. The, the, they are limping into the postseason uh, right if, now. If so. you listen really carefully. <laughs> Beep, beep. Oh, yep, that is them backing their way into this postseason. Yep, back, 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 right up. <laughs> and I don't care. I don't care. No, no, and you know what? As we were talk, as we were alluding to before, being the sixth seed, not the worst thing in it's today in this postseason right? It's no. really not the worst thing here. So I, I, I just yeah, avoid that. the Astros I, I, again. I, I, avoid the Astros would. until you absolutely have to face them. That is what so, every American League team is doing, and every National League team would love to avoid the Dodgers until they yeah. absolutely have to. And the I will say, is going to help you in both of those conversations. I will say this though. So let's say you are the Mariners and you you think you really have a legitimate shot at winning the World Series. Let's just okay. say for S and G's that that's a real thing. Okay. I'd probably rather play the Astros in a five game series than a seven game series. And have to beat them another time. One yes. More. And deal with the fact that the Houston Fair. pitching staff is just so good. Like. Yeah. Only having to beat a couple of those guys and maybe having the chance to have Ray and Castillo pitch. Although, you know, the 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 turnaround to that is Ray and Castillo getting to pitch in two games instead of it. So there are some stuff, but I'd much rather only have to beat them three times than five times. I just want to make the postseason. Please make the playoffs for my Yeah, well, so let's let's take the first <laughs> step before we start looking at the second step. Magic number six, baby. There we go. Milestones. Let's we got some milestones obviously coming down over the final. Um, week of the season. Obviously, mm-hmm. we are all still as we are <laughs> through three at bats tonight. Judge is still waiting for sixty-one. Um, I think uh, what I saw ground out in two walks. Yep. Um, Pujols obviously this past week got seven hundred. I missed him at Dodger Stadium by one day. Oh, I was there the night before. Which don't get me wrong, was a Mookie Betts pinch hit walk off single in the ninth. Like totally fine with that. I got to see Arias and. Um, uh, Zach Allen goes so like two of the top three NL Cy Young candidates. Like I'm very pleased with where I was at, but one day late the next day pools goes two for 700. Um, so obviously major awards there. Uh, 
I'm getting a little nervous about Judge here. Judge, Judge needs to just get one over the fence. Not that he's – I'm worried about him in any way, shape, or form other than sure. this is clearly starting to like weigh a little bit on those seven-foot-long shoulders of his. <laughs> Otherwise, outside of those two, which obviously we've spoken about, everyone in the baseball world's talking about, there are some other milestones out there, and one of them that's not going to be met this year that I thought was surprising as I was looking at the statistics, there will be zero 30-30 hitters this year. And in fact, Man. that's not even, we're not going to get close. Uh, no one accomplished this feat from 2013 to 2017. I tried to look at some historical data. No one got 30 30 from 2013 to 2017. Um, but they've had at least one player go 30 30 from 2018 onwards, obviously excluding the shortened 2020 season. Only this year, we only have seven players who have even gotten to 2020. Bobby Witt, wow. Julio Rodriguez, Marcus Semyon, Aroldis Garcia, Kyle Tucker, Randy Rosarania, Trey Turner. Those are the only seven players who have made it to 2020. Michael Harris, one home run would be the eighth to join him there. But really, there's no one close. Julio Rodriguez is, and Aroldis Garcia are the only guys to go 25-25. That's disappointing. And what's it's disappointing? It's pretty surprising. It's surprising. Like, I'm looking here, only – one, two, three, four, five players are over the 30 stolen base uh, mark yep. this year. Julio obviously would have done it if he could have stayed 100% healthy. Like he, 129 Probably. games, three home runs, and five stolen bases short. It would be a pretty big upset if he, and he's missed, uh, he's on the injured list right now, hopefully right. coming back for the end of the season. And he missed some time with the wrist injury. And, you know, there was some times where he just was, not running as much because of some back problems that were pretty obvious. I think if he could have stayed healthy, I think he would have gotten it. Ah, oh, man, that's, 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 I mean, it's a silly arbitrary number thing, but it's disappointing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because only mainly because of the stolen base thing. And I'm hoping that the new rules, I, there's no guarantee that they will, but I'm hoping that the new rules are going to see more guys running because I think the stolen base is one of the, if not the most exciting mm -hmm. play. It's it's a close number two for me. Like it is fun to watch that person versus person. I my best against your best. I'm running on you type of mm -hmm. stuff. I will say next year I would guess a bunch more guys get it just because, yeah. like Ronald Cooney Jr. If he's healthy, is going to hit 30 home runs and steal 30 stolen bases. That was like, the other that, part. That, that was just that's just going to happen. And Bobby Witt Jr. Mm -hmm. got off to a little bit of a slow start. I would guess that he's in there. Julio Rodriguez, obviously. I think he's going to be a 40-40 player someday. I I wouldn't get it on next year, but I think at some point he will get to that 40-40 thing. What an unbelievable talent that guy is. But yeah, that's that's kind of a bummer. The 30-30 is um, a fun little mark. And I uh, honestly – now, John Birdie only has to hit 26 home runs and he's got That's it. all he's got. All right, guys, the chances are still out there, all right? He could go on a Ruthian bench and just go off on this. Ruthian? That would be Sylvester Codmire the third type of run for those of you who read The Kid Who Only Hit Homers. Um, uh, what, a, what an unbelievable reference on that. Thank that you is, very much. Boy, that is, a, that is the definition of a deep cut. I wrote to Matt. I wrote to Matt Christopher in elementary school, and he wrote back and offered some uh, some nice career advice. So that was uh, Matt Christopher books. If, you, if for those parents out there who are looking for something for their kids to read, that is not um, crap. Uh, I would suggest the Matt Christopher uh, books for sure. Like the kid who could only hit home runs was a personal favorite of mine growing oh, up yeah, as well. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Um, no, I think the stolen bases are going to blow up next year. I think I hope so. the idea that we're, I think the leader right now is birdie at 36, 37, 37. Yeah. I mean, we could see that number get doubled next year. I think it's going to be, a, I think we're going to see a laughable amount around the base pass, especially as, as, especially as people try and figure out exactly how to exploit this new rule as they will. Yeah. But the home runs are there. You're right. Julio Rodriguez has a very much an opportunity to go 40, 40. We, Tatis have given a full season oh, and all of the stuff around that. There's 40-40 guy. And yep. Juan Soto could be 40-40 if he wanted to. If he really wanted to run, I don't know if he'll ever actually do it. I don't think he's motivated enough to do it. Because that's really what the only thing that stolen bases are just a, a determination level more than anything else of like, I'm going to steal 40 bases. Yeah. Is it, yeah. is pretty much that's, that's the only thing that's holding a lot of guys back is just, sure. I want to steal 40 bases. And but it's, if you have uh, the, 40 home run power to go along with it, I think yes. the idea that we are going to see 40, 40 people, I think that is a, a much higher spot. And obviously uh, when we're talking about a fantasy standpoint, like where we in Roto leagues, like home runs and stolen bases, like 30, 30 might not matter in terms of like a historical baseball context, but sure. it very much matters when we're talking about that fantasy aspect. You find anyone even close. Um, that is just a huge boon a la Cedric Mullins last year. Now, I just want to say, as you were talking, I'm not avoiding eye contact with you. I'm watching Aaron Judge bat right now with a chance to hit number 61, foul ball. Um, it's just, this is so fun. Like, this is just like, I know uh, Barry Bonds has the home run record, but th- this is, seeing this, I didn't know if we were ever going to get a chase like this again. I really no. didn't. Because... Because guys don't play enough anymore. Like, and guys get pitched around so much and uh, it's, you know, they're doing things to the baseball. It's either made out of Swiss cheese or it's made out of a racquetball, depending on which day you're hitting the baseball. I really didn't know if we were ever going to get this again. Yeah, no, it's uh, the idea that I'm tuning in every at bat to see if a guy is going to hit a home run. Now, obviously it makes it even better that I'm a Yankee fan and I'm living sure. this as a fan, but yeah. If you're telling me that the idea that I ever thought I'd be like, oh, ESPN needs to break into this game so I can watch this guy take a swing because he's about to do something historic that we literally never thought was going to occur again. Like that is that's everything as a, I, as a fan. That is everything that you could ask for. I have to give baseball a ton of credit, by the way, with the decision to put all of these games on national television. Yes, because. This is important. Like, it doesn't matter if he's playing for the it's, it. It certainly helps the. Um, the marketability of this that he's playing in New York, the the number one market in the oh, world. Oh, no question. But even if he was playing for Milwaukee or if he was playing for Seattle or if he was playing for uh, another small, if he was playing for the Rays, this would still be so historic. Like you just don't see stuff like this. Like it doesn't, the steroid stuff didn't bother me. It, it was uh, a bunch of people were doing it at the time and we've had, Drug issues throughout baseball, the amphetamines, they were loading up on greenies in the seventies and eighties. And if you don't think that, then you're just absolutely naive, but there is something different about this chase. There's no question about it. And maybe it's just because I'm a prisoner of the moment, but this just feels different. Yeah. Also good on baseball for mining, maybe their most marketable star and making yes. sure that he's on every screen as much as humanly possible. That's a pretty good business plan. If you hey, are uh, major league baseball, Hey, guess what? Uh, no, I'm about to see the picture like five seconds ahead of me over there and walk. There it is. Yeah. Once again, yeah. <laughs> classic judgy and walk. 
three more walks tonight. I mean, we are not, you know what we haven't discussed here is the fact that like judges right on the verge of a possible triple crown. And we haven't really discussed that on this show because we're so focused at 61, Yeah, but and 61 and 62, but the idea that he is about to throw a triple crown, potentially throw a triple crown up on the board too. What, what if like five players to do it since the sixties? Uh, I, I mean, that's, we we've lost a little bit of that in the conversation, but that also deserves to be discussed. That's absolutely. And um, I will say this for me, the triple crown is not something yeah, no, you've, I, you've, you've railed against that as, well, the, as the triple crown criteria. You did. Yeah, you don't like that. It's what the problem is, is for me is the, the triple crown should be on base percentage and, something else like uh, it's you still great. giving home runs you still giving home, home runs, runs in the triple? yeah i'm fine with home runs being in the triple crown but like <sighs> batting average just doesn't we, we're we're so beyond this now look aaron judge is the highest on base percentage by oh, a considerable by margin a large amount he now is, yeah. he is at 422 and it's got up today because of a couple Three of walks, walks over jordan alvarez and juan soto who are we only have five guys this year, by the way, who are going to have on base percentages above forty percent. Mm. It's weird. Um, it's a trend, yeah. But like the the whole batting average thing, like I care more about his on base percentage, his slugging percentage, and his home runs. Those, and he's going to win that triple crown. That's awesome. It's it's a really um, accomplished thing. Now, hitting for average is not a a negative thing. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if you can, but I have. Lord knows, as somebody who grew up watching Unieski Betancourt hit 290 and have an on-base percentage of 310, I, I know that batting average is an extremely right. flawed statistic. Yeah, it's still awesome to see. Like, there's no denying it. Wouldn't be why I'd vote for him for MVP or anything like that. But the fact that his on-base percentage is 422 and his slugging percentage is 695, and he's hit 60 home runs, I don't need the RBI and batting average to make that case. Well, let's go back to RBIs a second here, because obviously this is a fantasy show, and until they decide to put OBP as a standard across all the boards, right. slugging across all the uh-huh. boards, we still have to count the counting stats. Right. Hitters with a chance at 100 RBIs this year. Nine players have already hit the 100 RBI mark, um, but we have uh, about 10 of those who are close. Trey Turner sitting, and again, all of these entering Tuesday. Turner sitting at 97 uh, Garcia Alvarez sitting at 96, Freeman at 95, Olsen at 95, Shohei at 93. These are all guys with a chance at that 100 RBI mark. Name that I didn't mention there because I wanted to highlight it. How about Willie Adamez with 96 mm-hmm. RBIs going into the spot? You were a little suspect on him coming into the year in terms of yeah. just a deep shortstop position. Sure. Do you really believe what happened upon him being traded till Milwaukee last year? I, I think he has all but proved it. And he is going to be a fascinating case when we talk about drafts in 2023 as to uh, if you were to blind resume, Willie Adamez outside of the batting average stuff, 30 plus home runs and potentially a hundred plus RBIs going off of a, a 162 average from his time in Milwaukee last year, which was yeah. pretty much on the same pace. It's very impressive what he's doing over there. A hundred percent. And he's a big reason why Milwaukee is still in this thing. Like he has been, first of all, he's been an unreal defender at yeah. shortstop as well. Outs above average in the 96th percentile. And he's not exactly the fleetest foot. A lot of this has to do with the fact that he's very good at positioning and he has excellent instincts. 
Like I'm always going to be skeptical of the batting average and the on-base percentage because he doesn't have a great approach and he's not a, a stolen base guy, but there's no denying the power now. This is now a year and a half of him being an elite power hitter. Like I think you have to talk about him in the shortstop one range. You're going yeah. to have volatility with him, a ton of volatility. And because part of it, because he's a guy, you know, he's walked in the 52nd percentile. So that's not terrible, but he strikes out an awful lot. Yeah. He does make some weak contact, expected batting average in the 38th percentile. But like, there's very few shortstops, I think, right now that you can guarantee are going to be better than Willie Adamez. And Willie Adamas can compete with the ceiling of all but a few as well. So, like, mm-hmm. if you're talking about taking him in that 10 to 12 range at shortstop, I'm not going to argue with you for too long. No, I, neither would I. Let's flip over to home runs. Obviously, Judge leads the majors in home runs with 60 right now. Schwarber at 42 entering Tuesday. Um, and Pete Alonso, I know, just hit his 40th tonight. So Congratulations, that- Polar Bear. So that gives three major league players sitting there at 40 home runs with Mike Trout, Austin Riley, and Jordan Alvarez at 37, and Christian Walker at 36, Goldschmidt, and Mookie Betts at 35. So at the moment, three major leaguers with 40 home runs, and you'd have to assume that Trout, Riley, and Alvarez are all going to be looking to go deep three more times to make sure they hit that 40 home run mark. What are we talking about? If we're talking about Mike Trout playing 20 or 30 more games this year. And I, I don't know. It's, I was thinking about that as well. I'm looking at the games played. It, everyone who I just mentioned has played at least a hundred and Jordan Alvarez only played 128. Everyone yeah. else played at least 146. Mike Trout played 111 games this year. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we are talking about another historic year from Mike Trout and it, it already has been a great year of what yeah. 37. I mean, 77 RBIs is more based on the lineup around him. Terrible. Uh, just terrible. 79 runs again, based on the lineup around him, but 37 RBIs and a 364 OBP an OPS just shy of one. Like this is another historically great year that we've almost become LeBron James accustomed to that. We don't even really register it anymore. It's I, I, I think that's really sad and you're a hundred percent right by yeah. the way. It's it's, but it's like, it's really disappointing that we're not talking about this guy. Like if I sort by OPS leaders right now, he doesn't show up because he doesn't have enough games cool. play yeah. to show up. But like, it's, it's way up there. Like he is a special baseball player, like a mm-hmm. special, special baseball player. Unfortunately, you know, because of how he's built and the fact that he's played an awful lot of baseball, like he's not an old man by any stretch of the nope. imagination, but he is, he is not, his body age is much older than what his actual age is. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that a stolen bases have obviously become a thing in the past, which is, you know, it is what it is. He's going to go, um, if the, if you have to trade some stolen bases for the fact that he's going to be on a 50 homer pace every year. So be it, especially in real life. Like that, that's fine. Um, but you're just going to have to deal with the fact that you can't count on him to play more than 120 or so games. Anything else is just kind of added added frosting to that cake. But, man, what a great year he's had. And to have that and to have Otani and to be that far out of the postseason is just kind of embarrassing. Does Mike Trout win another MVP in his career? Yes. 
Yeah, I think he, he does. I, okay, you I think, think he puts he together yeah. one healthy, well, one full healthy season? Here's the thing. It, you know that's why what I it's don't, really about, is health. You know why I think Mike Trout's not going to win an MVP? Because it's going to take Aaron Judge doing what he does to win MVP against that's, Shohei Otani. Yeah, that, well, that's, and or you know Shohei's what? health. Or Shohei's yeah, health. Or, or Shohei uh, having an injury that, that right. obviously can't. If Shohei Otani is healthy and you don't have Aaron Judge having this type of incredible season, He's going to win the MVP every yep. year, and he should. Yep. This is—I've seen some arguments, like people talking about, like, "Well, what? What uh, is this fair? It wasn't fair that Michael Jordan was so much better than everybody else that he won MVP. Was it fair that uh, you know that uh, you know Charles Pat Woodson was? Or, Charles yeah. Woodson was playing offense, defense, and special teams. Does that count against the what yeah. he won the Heisman? Does yeah. that count against that, the other guys he was against? Like that's so silly. Like he's playing the game. It is not it is not an insult to those other people. It is a compliment to yeah. him doing something that we have never seen before and we probably won't ever see again. So no, uh, that's I came the only into thing the season. I came yeah. into the season completely agreeing with you. Otani wins the MVP and it's the only reason he doesn't is because a he gets hurt. B someone does absolutely something historic like we're seeing right now with judge or C voters eventually get tired of voting him in. And we're not at that level yet for C. So, no. you know what? That's not for a couple more years before no. you have that. So unless someone does something truly historic, Otani is the it, – it's it's basically – you can rename it the Otani Award for the next three, four years, and I'd be fine with it. I'm going to be really curious to see what the MVP odds are for next year, like to mm-hmm. just open the year because – you can't count on Aaron Judge to do this again. I mean, I wouldn't you, count on anybody to do no, this. No, but, yeah. but you can't also – the other thing is we don't know where Aaron Judge is going to be playing next year. We, we, sure, we that also is not a out Flat don't. But like – I mean, technically vague, we don't know where – we don't entirely know if Shohei Otani is an angel <laughs> Technically, year, yeah, we, we don't. No. Um, <laughs> I would imagine that uh, the new GM there will be like, let me build around this guy rather than vice versa. But, you know, that's – That'll be an interesting conversation to have, and I'm sure teams are going to be offering a lot of stuff up. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Shohei Otani starts out with, like, close to even odds. You know what I'm saying? Like, like two to one, three to one, something like that, which is kind of unheard of for MVP stuff, yeah. isn't it? No, I to my mind, yes. Even when Trout was winning MVP after MVP, I still want to say he was, uh, you know, he was never the odds-on favorite at the start of the year. It's very possible Otani might be. Right. Um, it's very possible that he might be. And there will even be a conversation of like, do you take Otani or the field? Because that's how that is how strong of a yeah. of a <laughs> resume Otani continues to build year after year when it's it comes so to this award. And let's talk so about the let's talk about some awards for the from now to the end of the season. So Judge at minus 20,000 and Goldschmidt at minus 5,000, heavy favorites for MVP in their respective yep. leagues. Uh, Verlander at minus 1,600, the current favorite for AL Cy Young, while Alcantara at minus 3,000, the favorite in the National League, both very strong, um, both very heavy favorites there. Fun sure. fact, Alcantara would be the first Marlin to win the Cy Young Award. Wow, that's um, impressive. Which I did not know until I was looking this up. They've had Rod- some good pitchers. Exactly. Uh, although, I, I, this is sad, but I, I firmly believe Jose Fernandez would have been yeah. one of them. Uh, Julio, Julio Rodriguez, uh, obviously minus 2,500, the heavy betting favorite for AL Rookie of the Year. 
And uh, so I, the only race that is particularly close, at least from a betting standpoint, is the NL Rookie of the Year. But before I get to that, of all the names that I just mentioned, if you have one unit of your of your betting prowess, whatever unit, is there anyone that I did not just mention who is the betting favorite right now that you would potentially put one unit on as a uh, as a down ballot cast to win an award? So you're asking me, would I vote against any of those guys that you just yeah. mentioned? If you, if, if your Ooh. unit is a hundred bucks, is there a hundred, is there any player that you're putting a hundred bucks down on that you think can usurp one of those five names I just mentioned? No, I don't think so. Like okay. it's, it's just so, and this is again, kind of disappointing, but like it's credit to um, the players, what they've done now. And I would strongly consider if I had a vote voting for Shohei Otani because I just believe what he does is so different and adds so much more mm-hmm. as good as Aaron Judge's season. Incredible saying good is such an understatement. Yeah, yeah. I would still consider voting for Shohei Otani just because he is that unicorn of giving you that value of something that we have never ever seen before. But he's not going to win. Aaron no. Judge is going to and he win also, MVP. He also should this year. Like Judge is doing something truly historically. I, 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 I disagree with TBS that. Is cutting, but TBS I, is cutting into every single national game to make sure that we all see Aaron Judge potentially break something that we never thought would be broken without the use I, of a needle. I, so, think that w- I think that would be a silly reason to vote for an MVP candidate. The reason you vote for him is 422, 695. And the fact that he's been a very good defensive player. He's also, he also has a 10 war. Like, yeah, he's, like he's, 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 he's been like a handful of players who have a ten war, and, and, and I will, obviously uh, is encompassing everything. And I will say this though: we war is broken with Shohei Otani because there is no way to actually add up ex- exactly <laughs> what he is doing. Like it is, I think with you, uh, he's like a three point seven in offense and like five point five and five point five in pitching. Yeah, so and so like he's like behind in that case, but like you can't really quantify what he's doing. You just can't. He is yeah, literally, we don't, have a, we don't have an equation for it. He yet. is literally the war breaker, but all of those guys are going to win. Those races are over the, the national league. I still think I would vote for Michael Harris over Spencer Strider just because of position player over, um, well, I also, th- um, I also think it hurts that Strider might not pitch again in this regular season. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's if true. he does, I think he has the ability to potentially pitch the final game of the year. But mm-hmm. you'd like to think that the Braves would at some point, I mean, either take over from the Mets or might be more than a game back to the point where it doesn't matter and they just need to get him ready for the postseason to not burn him beforehand. Obviously, circumstances will dictate over the final course of the year if they need to kind of bring him back. But obviously Strider not getting another start probably maybe nails puts the nail on the coffin here because Michael Harris will have an opportunity to at least finish strong. He's minus 360 right now while Strider is plus 280. So still very close, but uh, betting odds pretty heavily starting to move over the last week towards Harris, especially with the Strider IL stint. Um, do you have, you don't have the odds for manager of the year, do you? Manager um, of the year? Let me see if I, I got, I that. will just say this in the national league. I imagine Buck Walter is like the favorite among favorites. He, I, I think, think he so. has to be, um, American league's a little more interesting just because, um, you know, I don't know if there's, I would probably give it to Terry Francona manager of the year is so dumb. It's basically, it's that chart thing where it's like yes or no type of thing. 
Was your team supposed to be good? No. Was your team good? Yes. Congratulations, your manager of the year. Yeah. It doesn't, oh, at the very least, you're nominated. At the yeah, very least, you're nominated. That's all it's based on is it's like, I didn't think this team was going to be good. They ended up being good. It must be the manager. That's the reason for this being uh, the thing. By the way, uh, Tony LaRussa will not be back to manage the Chicago White Sox in 2023. I'm really, I'm really glad that common sense won out in this conversation. It's really uh, nice. Uh, it's nice to know. It's nice Tony LaRussa. I just want to say this: like, this is a health thing. I, I hope he's. Healthy. I know it's I a health. Hope, thing. I, I, I hope that he's all right. It was a massive mistake to make yeah. that man manager in baseball. No question. And we saw it play out through last year. They, he was completely overmanaged, uh, outmanaged by Dusty Baker in the postseason series last year. And he took one of the most talented teams, albeit injured. There were there were quite a few injuries quite for the few. White Sox. But to say that he didn't make that team any better is the understatement of understatements. If I'm a manager, I want that job. There is tons of talent, and that division is still ever so winnable. And the best team in it is one of the cheapest franchises that isn't going to spend money. Yeah, I would want the White Sox job post-haste. Yeah, that is one of the most enticing potential you know, openings that we've seen over the last few years with a – with a team that is so much in the win now conversation, the only ones I could think of were really when, when like the suspensions came down, all of a sudden Dusty Baker had to take over the Astros. That was a pretty great spot to walk into there. Dusty Um, show Walter walks into a team with, uh, with Steve Cohen as an owner and, uh, and Jacob deGrom already under contract. So signs Max Scherzer. Yeah. So like there's some pretty nice spots out there, but the white Sox are, have a wide open win now window and uh that is a very tantalizing spot i don't have manager of the year i do have i do have pennant favorites so let's talk about those a little bit obviously the playoffs are a little over a week away um american league astros plus 145 right now to win the american league pennant yankees plus 225 right behind them after that a little bit of a fall off blue jays seven to one mariners nine to one rays ten to one the Guardians, your three seed, 15 to one odds to win the AL pennant. If, uh, all right, I know obviously the Astros and obviously the Astros and the Yankees have been the class of the American League, but if you've got a unit to put down here, is there anyone that you're particularly feeling right now? The Blue Jays are really interesting to me. And I will say this I picked the Blue Jays to win the World Series before the season, and I, I'm maybe having a little bit of, uh, confirmation bias i guess you would say with that maybe but they've looked really good and they're capable of beating all of those teams are capable of beating anybody because it's baseball but like the blue jays lineup is so talented and they've got kevin gossman who is underrated in the cy young race to me completely to be completely honest unfortunately because his era is a little higher than those other guys and we look at that stat still way too much um He's kind of fallen out of it a little bit. I certainly would give him consideration. Um, I, I like the Blue Jays a lot. Um, the the scary thing to me is that I think that might be the ALCS might be the ALDS this year because I think the Blue Jays are going to play the Astros in that series. And I think the winner of that one is going to be kind of like those old NFC championship games between the Cowboys and the uh 49ers where they become quite a big favorite. I'm not over the Dodgers who I am just letting you know right now, I'm going to bet on to win everything. But um, yeah, that, that would be the team that I would consider the blue Jays. 
And look, I hope it plays out that way. I've been rooting this whole, I've been rooting for the last month. Like, give me an Astros, Blue Jays, ALDS, and let them <laughs> bloody each other up on one side. And hopefully the Yankees are sitting in the ALCS on the other side without having to go through either of them. Yeah. At, least let me, at least maybe go through only one of them and not two. Sure. Although I will say the conversation now that obviously the vaccination requirement has been lifted in Canada. It's so itching. that is a very big thing when it comes to this postseason, especially in a world where the Blue Jays, if the season were to end today, would host the first three games of the wild card, um, would really be a seismic shift. I don't know the vaccination status of Rays and Mariners off the top of my head, but oh, I know way, one of them. I know real one though. Well, I was about to say I yeah. know one of them, and yes. that would have been a quite a that would have been quite a loss for the Mariners if that. Oh were my case. goodness so, gracious! Yeah, that, um, I mean, this is something we've talked about on in Seattle for yep. a, a while now. Is that what a big deal it would be if you couldn't have Robbie Ray pitching in Toronto. And it looks like, honestly, it's not going to matter. I think Seattle is just limping in so much that they're going to be that sixth seed. I think a Mariners-Yankees series, if the Mariners can get past Cleveland and having to play three games in Cleveland will Mm -hmm. not be easy, especially with Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie. Cleveland could set their rotation how they want now. Like That that division, it's over. They They know where they are. Um, that will not be easy at all. I have some question marks about the lineup, and I think Ray and Castillo can beat anybody. But I think that would be a really – the Mariner-Yankee ALDS would be a really interesting series. I believe the Mariners and Yankees have played in an ALDS before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got some – there's a little <laughs> bit of history that I think a couple of people might dust off. You know yeah. what I mean there? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I still see that highlight in my head. Oh. I, when I close my eyes and, and cry. Yeah, the poor guy, man. Yeah, there you have no other great. Exactly. I have nothing yeah. else to draw from. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing else. It's just that one play. Sure. Um, like a poker player, you remember your losses yeah. more than you remember oh. your wins. Um, so in the National League, obviously Dodgers plus 150. I mean, heavy betting favorite. I mean, well, not even heavy betting favorite, but just have been the best team in baseball all year, bar none. Um, Mets behind them at plus 280 and Braves right behind that at plus 325. Those odds, I think, are going to change quite dramatically if one of those two teams ends up, one of them is going to get a buy. And I think those two odds could very easily flip in a heartbeat. Um, outside of that, Cardinals 9 to 1, Padres 14 to 1. Phillies 16 to one Brewers 33 to one. If I were to take the Dodgers off the board, is there anybody else that you feel particularly confident that can go through the national league, potentially probably having to go through the Dodgers, but obviously make a far greater payout. I mean, I think the Dodgers are just so much the best team in baseball. I wouldn't like betting on them, but Atlanta, like I, I doesn't matter to me if, it is a bigger deal for the Mets. They need to win the division more than I think that the Braves do. Okay. And it, part of it is because we have seen Atlanta. I think postseason experience matters. And I saw what I Atlanta did. In the, yeah. I, I, th- I saw what Atlanta did in the postseason last year. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit. Um, and, you know, here's the other thing that we are going to have to find out about, too, is the buy is beneficial in terms of getting you into the next round. It may not be beneficial from a baseball standpoint. That's a lot of days off. That is a lot of time waiting around. And baseball players are creatures mm-hmm. of habit. So this is going to be if you clinch, you know, the division. Uh, the you're taking Friday off, Saturday off, Sunday off, and Monday off. Yep. That's a lot of time of not playing baseball. 
it's going to be really interesting to see how that affects those teams because, you know, we've heard it in football that a lot of teams mm-hmm. don't love that buy, that they have to wait around for. And it's why, you know, like teams in, in the NFL will take um, play their starters like the last week a little bit because it's two weeks off. You know what right. I'm saying? That's the point. I think this is kind of the equivalent of two weeks off. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see how teams bounce back from that. Obviously, you'd prefer it because you're getting a guaranteed chance to go into the ALDS and you are literally three wins away from going to play for the World Series. But it's going to be interesting to see. Ultimately, I think I would put my money on the fact that you can get plus money on the Dodgers right now is honestly surprising to me because I just think they're so much better than everybody else in terms of their lineup. And, you know, the pitching is not the same that it used to be, but it's still a pretty darn good pitching staff. Yeah. I think plus 150 is is nice, but if I had to bet on the second favorite, and it stinks that we probably won't get to see uh, this in the NLCS, but uh, Atlanta's got a good shot. No, I think Atlanta and the Mets both have a really good shot. Any rotation that's going to start with Scherzer and DeGrom and yep. conceivably be able to play those guys at least twice, if not you know, a potentially fifth time in a seven game series. I'm thinking immediately back to the, you know, Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, Diamondback, sure. like just two guys who decide to do it all themselves. Um, so obviously those two are there. Uh, the Padres and Phillies and Cardinals. I'm not sure how I feel about any of them and over a long term in the national league. Like I don't see any one of those three usurping the Dodgers, Mets and Braves it's to get all the way hard. up there. Like I just don't see that happening, even though I know, conceivably the Dodgers, Mets, and Braves, two of them will have to face each other conceivably at some point. I still don't see any any of those other three, potentially four teams with the Brewers, jumping all the way up into the top. So I agree with you there. Yeah, it'll be – I mean, something weird will happen. It's, some, what, it's, why, will. it's why they play the games for sure. But uh, on paper, those three just seem like such substantively, substantively uh, better baseball teams. Braves remember last year an 88 and 73 record and took yeah. home the title. So we know we're going to see some weirdness, but that's the reason why we tune in in the first place, right? Can't wait. Cannot e- wait. Exactly. But that just about finishes up our show for today. If you enjoyed the show, then make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode in the future. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. Love those five stars. And while you're at it, be sure to follow NBC Sports Edge on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch to be informed of all of our live shows, Q&As, segments, articles, and more so you can stay up to date on everything around the league and join in on all the action. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Don't Lie, and you can follow George at George Bissell. Oh, I'm sorry. I had this one last week. Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Follow George, George too. Follow George too while you're at it. (laughs) Be sure to tune back in Friday morning for DJ and Drew as they'll have a fresh new sewed for you. While Chris and I will be back this time next week. Until then, stay safe out there. And as always, thanks for listening. You can follow DJ and uh, Drew as well. You might as well. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. 
That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 